The big brands in their last 10 years haven't written social purpose into their reason to believe. I'd be surprised. I think they all the top 20 brands will have it in there because you know what? They have to. Hey there, James here, and you're listening to the Own the Moment podcast, the show where we explore the complex and always evolving landscape of marketing, advertising, and branding, and try to get to the bottom of what it means to be a truly memorable brand. The Own the Moment podcast is brought to you by Como Technologies, a self-service, complete customer engagement platform that helps you cut through the noise to truly connect with your customers and retain and grow those connections over time. With Como, you can build and deploy new campaigns, activations, promotions, and programs in days, not months. And our software is used by some of the world's biggest consumer brands from Heineken to Budget, Goodman Fielder, Foxtel, JLL, Williams Racing, and McDonald's. Learn more at como.tech. This week, we're talking to Richard Copping, a creative director based out of London with 20 years of experience working at some of the most prestigious agencies in advertising, from Weber Shanwick to Ogilvy and Saatchi and Saatchi, for brands like Unilever, Toyota, Ford and Greenpeace. Richard recently won a stack of awards for his team's work with Unilever and their Unmute campaign, which launched during the lockdowns and focused on lifting the stigma surrounding domestic violence. You might say we live in a precarious time for brands. Two thirds of consumers say they want brands to take an active stance on social issues, whilst the backlash against brands who do seem to be getting louder as our world becomes increasingly polarized. Given his experience working with large consumer brands, Rich was the perfect guest to have on to explore this tension. Rich and I had a fascinating discussion around how brands should approach social change, how to deal with the inevitable backlash, and what it means for a brand to be authentic in 2023. Let's get to the show. Rich Copping, welcome to the On The Moment podcast. Thanks for having me, James. Uh, so, Richard, I wanted you on to talk about social impact campaigns. Um, you're someone with a lot of experience in this space. Uh, in fact, just last year, you won a ton of awards for Unmute, uh, a campaign for Unilever focused on lifting the stigma uh, around domestic violence against women, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but I want to start by just saying, you know, we're clearly in politically strange times, uh, I guess to put it mildly, when it comes to polarisation, uh, division. How can brands actively take stances on social issues without alienating customers in, you know, these increasingly polarised times? What do you, what do you make of this? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question because it's so... It, it comes down to you <laughs> as a brand. So what do you say, Rich, to someone... You know, what would you say to someone that says, you know, these are just their stunts, their, you know, their ways to generate awareness. It's the most talked about brand on the internet this week. Um, You know, someone that says that, what would you say? Again, I like, I don't like to sit on the fence. Um, You know, and I go back to what I said earlier, which is, you know, if you, if you don't start something, if you don't start a conversation, you know, and you can start a conversation in many different ways. Like I said, you know, it's, it's either you know, it's either fire or or bloom, right? These days is you need to start somewhere. And I think as a socially conscious brand, you know, if you're socially conscious uh, as a brand, I can't think of you know the top ten brands up there. You know, from Toyota to Apple to to you know GE, the big brands that in their 
in their last 10 years haven't written social purpose into their, into their reason to believe, I'd be right. surprised. I think they all, the top 20 brands, will have it in there because, you know what, they have to. Mm. And because of, 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 the, of the Gen Zs and the millennials' power, their, their mm. power is, is in, it's unimaginable what power people have now um, in terms of a voice and whether that's social or whether it's, you know, this, this thing that's glued to our hands now, you know, me too, you know, I'm in my 50s, I, you know, I can't put this damn thing down, right? Right. Um, is, <coughs> is awareness uh, a good thing? I think so. I've worked in the advertising business for 20 years and, you know, doing paid advertising, forcing <laughs> our opinion on you, <laughs> you know, and, and what we believe and what's good soup and what's bad soup, you know. And I think awareness is great for any social issue, literally for social any issue, if you can stand by it. Hmm. If you can't live up to it and, you know, you, Pepsi, I've just clicked into my head because it can Kendall Jenner, is it? I got that wrong. No. Uh, uh, I, th I think so, yeah. Ken Remind me, that rings a bell, Kendall but I can't... Kendall Jenner, four or five years ago, they did, uh, during the Black Lives, you know, again, a, a, a hot topic, uh, as you might call it, like a social crisis, you know, um, and not... It, it was brutal what, what happened in that period. Of course. Is Pepsi came out with a... I don't think... I can't remember the name of the ad was, but it was... Uh, it, it was uh, Kendall Jenner. I've got that wrong, I know I have. Um, but it was one of the Jenner girls walking through a crowd protest policeman and she gives long story short she gives a can of pepsi to a policeman and whoa and uh the best twitter comment i thought was that there you know there was uh there was no <laughs> there was no black people in the room i was yeah. like oh my god and i saw it i it's not whether i thought it was horrible or disgusting i just thought just you know what you're tone deaf right and you know i think you, you know, sorry, I've got to round around to your question, but, you know, you can count things on your hand that you should be aware of when you open your mouth. If you've got, you know, if, if you're socially aware, if you're human, if you're authentic, which is, you know, the word you used earlier, um, you would ask yourself, is this the right thing to say? Is this the right thing to do? Is this going to attract attention that we don't want? Or, mm -hmm. you know, will this, will this eventually find a way round to what we do want? Um, it's a treacherous line in terms of marketers and, and, you know, agencies and PR companies of being that moment is critical that you get it right. And right. Do, do people get it wrong? Of course they do. Pepsi got it wrong. <coughs> Have Pepsi <coughs> suffered? No, not at all. There's a massive... You know, they're massive. Um, you know, they're mm. definitely in the top 20 in the world. You know, they're not there with Coca-Cola, but they're top 20 in the world. Sure. It's interesting. I had a conversation with, um, do you know Tom Goodwin? Uh, sort of, a, yeah. there's a, um, an English sort of thinker and commentator and author, nice. you know, all things marketing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he said, he, he made that point, which is that, you know, I think he was talking about, you know, a brand like H&M, mm. which is, of course, you know, it's very, um, and he was talking about the risks of, I guess, uh, leaning too heavily into social purpose when you can't actually back it up with action. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, H&M, yeah. you know, talking about sustainability and look, and, yeah. you know, Tom said at the time, um, you know, he's confident that they're doing everything they can, but, you know, um, when they are sort of purveyors of, Fast fashion, and I'm sure some of the conditions yeah. in which their uh, garments are made are not yeah. um, uh, optimal. You, you, yeah, and his it, yeah. advice was be, be careful yeah. and sort of um, 
Uh, and I, I wonder what you make of that. Yeah. I mean, again, how, how can a brand in a world where perfection is what is demanded of every brand, yeah. you know, how can, a, how can a brand be wobbly and trying their best? I, you know, like perfection is a, is a scary thing. It's definitely mm. in me as a human being on a personal level. And it's been detrimental to me as, as, as a person, you know, growing up, you know, with two daughters and my wife mm. is perfection turns into control and losing control is not a great thing, but letting go a little bit is good, right? Mm. So I, I think perfection is a, is, is good and bad. Um, I think learning to be learning to accept imperfect is better than embracing perfection. And, and the reason I say that is you tend to learn more. Um, you tend to listen more. Um, you tend to grab at more things that are less careful and more risky, but risky hmm. in a good way, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, I think, you know, purpose is, you know, purpose is, is evolution, right? So, and nothing in evolution is perfect. It just evolves. <laughs> and the more that you attach to that purpose that makes it evolve the way that you think people will like, like being a good person or, or being a so, or be socially aware person or being someone, you know, that's uh, set on to be a great fighter, to be a great singer, to be a great artist, is you attach things to yourself to make your purpose more acceptable. Um, right. So I think embracing perfection, and I'm sure... A lot of people I've worked with would just say, God, that's just nuts. But, it, <clears throat> but that's it. Embrace <laughs> what could go wrong rather than embracing everything that's going to go right because the cliff is just a lot, it's a lot sharper, right? Um, mm. I prefer to fall onto a ledge and grab onto a branch and fall onto another ledge and then fall into a pillow of clouds so into the water than I would have just straight into a bed of rocks, right? Yeah, um, no, I like that. And I think that there's a really clear takeaway, I think, from, from, I guess, this whole discussion so far around purpose, which is this, you know, to, to sort of the f fear of the mob or fear of the backlash. Yeah. I think it's, you know, we've named, you know, various examples already where, you know, <clears throat> look, um, it's not to say it can't happen, mm. um, but, you know, taking a stance at least, you know, it seems far less risky than one might, um, yeah. you know, perceive. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Unmute. Oh, um, which was a campaign um, yeah. was launched in, I think, 2022. Yeah. Um, won a Seems stack like of awards. five years ago, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was during lockdown, yeah. which was weird. Yeah. yeah. Won a stack of awards. I know it was ranked, um, uh, you know, in the top 10 yeah. uh, best global Scraped PR campaigns the yeah. for the year. <laughs> um, and I saw plenty of photos on um, on LinkedIn of uh, trophies and, and plaques. So uh, t tell me, you know, what's the... What was the genesis of that campaign? Um, um, where did it come from yeah. and, and what did you do? Yeah, uh, all is not what it seems, strangely enough, with that campaign. Um, I've worked with Unilever on and off for 10, 15 years. Um, and there's lots of debate about Unilever, one of the biggest, hmm. along with P&G, the biggest spenders, marketers in the world. And why would, you know, I always ask these questions when you get these briefs and a brief comes across your desk and it says, um, it was a pitch actually, um, very fast pitch, three day turnaround, you know, get it out the door. But I'm always drawn, I, I think it's me and, and a lot of good people that work in, in the communication world that 
you know, you want to be on, you want to do something good. You want to, you know, attach yourself to, attach yourself uh, to a problem that I think mm. is not ever solvable. It's, it's just, I do believe that it's just making people consciously aware that the people are out there that are suffering. So that was the brief, basically. And there were lots of numbers on the brief, you know, during lockdown, this happens and, you know, domestic abuse, this, that, and, you know, and I think in a nutshell, the brief was how can Unilever play a part um, in helping, you know, their staff, um, staff, this is so it's internal, it's internal brief, not external, to to attend a a session about being socially being aware sorry I'm going to stop using that word being aware of of people that might be sat next to you at work that might be suffering at home mm. okay and it wasn't aimed at women or men it was aimed at people and mm. so they have I think don't quote me on this but around 150,000 180,000 people staff worldwide wow bottom to top so you've got people who work on the floor you know in product production in packing right up to you know the alan joves of the world you know the the ceos and uh, Mm. i should know the new person who's taken over but so in that spectrum go back to what we said earlier there will be you know luxe brands there'll be beauty brands so where does so my Mm. question was client where does this fit in the sphere of what you do and that's mm. when she said, well, because we're people. <laughs> mm. I won't mention the lady, but she was absolutely mm. wonderful. She said, well, we're people and, and it's lockdown. And I, my gut is there, there was a sense from the brand that they, you know, that the, the pandemic was causing problems for people, either within, whether they, they, they had something like, like information within the, the sphere of, of, of all the staff worldwide, that there's mm. a sense of pain, loneliness you know maybe being locked in like we all felt um and then right down right to the top which is people who have been hurt so unmute came as an idea came very simply like us talking is exactly that is Mm. (laughs) it just fell out of the strategy of great great uh, planner working on the business and Mm. there it was in black and white on the paper is that uh Mm. you know uh you know people who 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 suffer domestic violence almost don't have a voice so we attach the word and the line and the and the you know the violence a good you know lovely little advertising you know whatever you want to call it tagline Mm. um but this wasn't advertising which was nice Mm. about it was it was really a a social impact campaign um Mm. and you know the challenge all the way through was to make it more than a little red logo over a mouth. Mm. And, you know, when you work, you know, when you create those things as, as a creative, people fall in love with that image. Oh, wow, you know. But then you've got to go beyond that and go, what does that little red unmute microphone mean uh, beyond that to people? So it was socially, mainly socially based. And mm. we don't have a lot of money, you know, they don't spend, you know, Unilever don't spend a lot of money on this. They spend a lot of effort implementing it, which I think is mm. better. And we worked with their social teams internally to, to get it out there. Um, it was done during lockdown, which I talk about, you know, reasons to believe is the timing was right. Right. You know, and the groundswell on it in a very short period, you know, if you talk about measurement or how it works, was, was massive, I would say, mm. for a very small you know, this wasn't about money. It was done on a shoestring budget. 
they didn't want everything we did, <laughs> but we did it. <laughs> and the team working, we thought, let's just push this. And every time we said to them, let's do that. And they were like, my God, mm. you've got people. How do you shoot people? Lockdown. We, we did it all online. We got people mm. off the street um, and done in, uh, produced out of Perth, <laughs> your, your, oh. your hometown. Um, you so, you know, we, we, we got people off the street, you know, and got there in studios, everyone wearing masks, took their masks off. So the, uh, it was, you know, and what happened even to the people in the film also resonated with it. So hmm. if you pick those 13, 14 people we filmed, you know, you have to explain to them what the idea is. What was interesting is every single person that was in that studio, and I'm talking micro here, resonated with the eye, with this thought that, oh, my God, imagine being locked at home in that horror, mm. you know, where there's, there's the world saying to stay at home and it's the worst place on the planet. Mm. And, you know, to marry that with, so there's our purpose, you know, Unilever's purpose is, you know, definitely social conscious, you know, social change. They're definitely about, you know, sustainability. There's, there's lots of mm. reasons. Um, to, to do this, for Unilever to do it. Number one, because they have the size. Number one, they have the staff, you know. So go back to what the purpose was in terms of an action, was to get the, the staff in their company worldwide to, to attend these sessions. So mm. it's like training, and it's in part mm. of their training. The best thing that happened in this is a global brand, massive Unilever brand, and, and Joe, you know, who, who was the CEO at the time, released their their policy for for domestic violence and i read the whole thing it's quite long and what comes out of it is if if it is a sense of learning uh, a sense of understanding that you know translated into a campaign called unmute which you know if it affected one or two people within in within unilever to me that's the best measurement it changed someone felt that they could say to someone because you can you can't even imagine no. what it's like. I, I mean, I can't. I've never been in that situation. I, I've <clears> never <throat> known someone in that situation that uh, that you can't escape. Um, so yeah, it was a powerful project to work on. I, it's still being measured. Uh, they're still doing it, which <laughs> is good. It's, it's two years on. Um, wow. They've involved. You know, I think the collaborations. Beauty of being a, a monster brand is that you can you know bring in the Me Too movement, which I think was. Mm. was brilliant um you know i can only go by was it successful i think so uh it, it does success stop hopefully not <laughs> i hope, mm. it, it, hope it to continues and there were lots of other campaigns in that period i don't know if you saw some of them but um it was during the world the european football you know tournament mm. where you know um you know most domestic violence happens after a game of football because, right, I do remember yeah. that. Now there was I, there's this image and oh yeah. Um, yeah. I can't quite remember it, but was it the was it the 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 lady with the um yes, the, the, the cross, cross in yeah, blood? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean just horrific, horrific. but so powerful. Yeah. I mean And what I liked about that work is what I've always liked about work. It's quite about, you know, work that's that that basically, you know, is 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 neck you know, that that the, the problem mm. is a very negative problem, is to mm. attack it with a negative. And mm. I like that. I, I have. I, I still think it's good. But it's what, what, what we wanted to do was take it to, you know, sometimes you forget that actually the, the person, you forget the, the group of people that are suffering. And they did another campaign, which he's coming home. You right. know, so, you know, like playing on, you know, it's coming yeah. home, it's coming home. And I live in the UK, so he's mm. coming home. And mm. I thought, well, why can't Unmute be about 
the people that we're trying to help. Mm. And sometimes you just focus on the problem, you know, the, the person that's creating or the, or the group or, or, the, or the thing that's creating the problem. And mute was, we, we changed it a bit difficult. That's why it was quite hard to, to get across is that why mm. can't we talk about the, the, the victims and how, and how they can get out or how they can get help. Sorry, get out, it sounds stupid. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, can get help or, you know, at least reach out. So, you know, this, you know, everything in it was rather than, you know, showing that these people were, were suffering, it was that there was a sense of hope in Unmute. And, mm. you know, um, and, I, and I think, yes, it did play on that, you know, the vernacular that you're on, you're on, you're on, you're on mute. Unmute is, was just nice. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to build anything philosophical mm. into it, but it was nice. It seemed to fit and it seemed to resonate. Um, and back to what mm. we were talking about earlier, timing's crucial for, right. for action. You know, if you leave it too late, people, we're, we're, you know, we don't drink the same wine every day. We don't, you know, mm. eat the same food every day. We, we like change. And I think being, I, I can't remember the word, but, uh, well, I can't think of the word, but being, you know, there when something happens and for good, I think for any brand that's going to step into the social impact campaign mm. should have their finger on trends, culture, you know, yeah. moments, um, because some of the best communication history is because it was, the timing was fantastic, you know. Um, I, I guess, you know, taking a little bit of a lighter turn, yeah. I'd love to ask you a couple of quick fire questions um, to finish. Oh, I'm um, no good at quick fire. Here we go. So, well, yeah, as uh, the first things that I'm not quick. Mind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, your favourite campaign Ooh. of all time? You don't have to have been involved, I guess. You no, no, I haven't. I wish I'd done a favourite of all time. Um, there's so much work I love. Um, if uh, wow, where would I go? Um, I, I love a camp. You know what? I, if it was a pure advertising paid, I'm going to go. I'm going to lean into Bud. It would be the the What's Up um, campaign from DDB oh, Chicago. Hi. Um, back in the early 2000s, brilliant, you know, talking about purpose and culture, bang on then. It's still in popular culture today. I still see it on... R remind me, I can't, I, that, that, I'm not placing that it in was, my mind. Uh, it was all about um, these group of, it, there's a long story to it, but DDB Chicago um, created this campaign for Buzzer called What's Up? And if you just tap in... W uh, A double A three S's and and UP so what's up uh, at, in terms of what's up um, mm. exclamation mark they coined that phrase what's up um, oh. that every time someone got a pizza delivered there'd be a guy lying on a couch and go what's up and that it was nothing to do with the beer it was to do with pizza it was to do with culture and right. so what's up was a greeting it was it was you know. And it became this, I think it was a short film before it became a piece of advertising. They did this whole series, just tap them in. They're, apps, they're still good today. They're still on Instagram. They're still on TikTok. People still say it, hmm. you know, 20 years on, um, you know, a paid for, you know, TV campaign. Um, mm. PDB Chicago, uh, absolutely still good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and watch that right away. Yeah. I've got vague memories yeah. of a song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe it seeped yeah. into other. You'll love um, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Bud. That's Bud. What's up? As in what's up? Uh, DDB Chicago. And yeah, I mean, I love some work from Apple. 
you know, the creativity goes on, beautiful campaign during that, that, mm. that dark period um, of the pandemic. And, you know, and I think uh, Dumb Ways to Die out of your, your beautiful country, um, mm. Australia, was genius um, mm. because of, I think it was one of those campaigns that just, it, it was beginning to end clever, entertaining, you know, um, and seeped into all forms of life. Forget railway tracks. It became, you know, you know memes. It became a just right. just phenomenal, you know, tentacles that campaign had. Like, mm. ridiculous. I can't, yeah, I can't stand I, the people who made it. Like, what? what geez. <laughs> yeah, absolute genius. I, yeah. So, sorry, love, that wasn't one. There's a few. Uh, no, that, that's great. And um, uh, as I'm doing these uh, sessions, Apple comes up time and time yeah, again. So I yeah. think it's, it's worthy of a deep yeah, dive at some yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think is the best brand, <laughs> the highest performing brand in the world right now? Um, and maybe right now, maybe not sort of of all time because yeah, I guess no, naturally I be able to our, answer that. Yeah. <laughs> our minds go to yeah. apples and nights. Yeah. And, but what, who, you know, maybe a, a lot new of work, brand. Yeah. I'm, I, don't know, I look at a lot of work and, I, and, I, and, and you're right. Like the, the stuff, the brands, there's certain brands that rise to the top every time just because of their weight you know, mm. in terms of allowing agencies to to stretch, you know, to you know to stretch the to stretch the bar, right? Um, to raise, sorry, to raise the bar, stretch the bar, mm. raise the bar. So, you know, top of mind, you know, the work that I quite enjoyed over the last few years has definitely come from a, from a beer brand again called Heineken. Mm. I think they their humour, they've always been on point in what they do. You know, from stunts to to how they talk. To, how they talk as a beer brand, I think, is really interesting. Um, mm. You know, they do pretty well at that that uh, that that can award show. <laughs> they they seem to clean up there. I mean, Bud is up there, obviously, in terms of mm. you know of, of what they do. But in terms of um, you know the the, I think Patagonia would be. It's not a new brand, but right. I think it feels new. If that makes sense, mm. yeah. you know, Vega. You know, uh, two you know very interesting brands that I think talk in an interesting way. And going back to the conversation right at the beginning, is purpose. You know, and mm. you know I think Brewdog is a you know they've had their ups and downs, but you know I think the Forest thing they did was genius. You know, it yeah. was like we got some things wrong, and we're getting them right. And what I said earlier is that you know embrace imperfection. Right. <laughs> you know, imperfection. You know is. Is he a bad guy? Is he a terrible guy? No, he's not. He just gets, he's got some things wrong or the brand's got mm. some things wrong, but actually the forest was like redemption overnight. <laughs> mm. Let's, uh, let's, let's build some new, let's grow some new forest like, and do yeah. it and you can visit it. It's uh, so yeah, sorry. So that one. Uh, done. That's a, that's a, um, lots there, not one. Sorry. Yeah, if I was to I, pick I, one, I'd say, I think Brewdog is most probably the most uh, interesting at the moment. Yeah. yeah, that's a fascinating one. Yeah. I think um, I think Patagonia, going back to our discussion around purpose <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that they are just almost maybe thinking on the run. They mm. almost feel like the textbook sort of best-in-class example yeah. of leading with with um, with purpose and then fulfilling it, yeah. right? Um, yeah, the CEO saying you can have it all, you know, yeah, right from the beginning. He, yeah, there's something very dam, powerful yeah. about that. Yeah, they gave yeah. a damn. And, you know, you right. talked right at the beginning about authenticity. Being authentic is authentic, mm. to, like to the, to, to the fibre they're authentic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think it's interesting you said they feel like a new brand. I agree, and I wonder if it's because there has been a 
I, look, I don't have the facts, yeah. but anecdotally, yeah. I see a lot more of their clothes now than I did 10 years ago. And I, I, I wonder if part of that is their, um, obviously fashion's part of it, yeah. but if it's part of that social, that, that is actually elevating them. Totally. I, I totally yeah. agree with you. I, even if you haven't done your research, I, I, I'm, I'm going to put money down on your right, <laughs> is that yeah. they haven't been quiet. They've been on people's backs, chests, feet right. for for over thirty years, and hmm. but they're a quiet brand. They're not hmm. a fashion brand. But as workwear, outdoor gear became more fashionable, therefore people's reasons and values started to rise to the top, and people pick it up. Oh, do you know this is made of this? Do you know this is made of recycled? Suddenly, oh, that's Patagonia are not normal. <laughs> that, that's really interesting because yeah. I think that speaks to some sort of long game, long term yeah. thinking, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah, they built 30 years of brand reputation, which when the fashion wins started blowing in their direction, they could capitalize on yeah. that. And whether they meant to or not, I'm going to say they didn't. I'm going to say it, right. Right. you know, uh, and Black right. Friday yeah. cemented them, right? Don't buy this jacket, just cemented them. Um, yeah, and then that's... everyone just followed them, opt out, raise, big brand, opt out. Oh, let's, who created that? black friday ad um patagonia <laughs> right that's yeah. um that's a fantastic Don't example jacket, so, yeah. yeah it's genius so so what about um another question what's the most overrated or overused trend or mm. tactic in in marketing and advertising Ooh, right now james toughy man um god there's so many things i want to say but i won't but i'll say things like metaverse as a creative person working in a you know a bit a a, a a you know a royalty um, PR agency called Weber metaverses get thrown you know and data um, but I suppose it's not a marketing term I think the one thing that bugs me is this word efficiencies and mm. and it's personal a little bit is that you know efficiencies maybe it's not a work marketing term it's more of a of a you know uh, I, I think a maybe it's a marketing marketing term is. I think efficiencies, you know, is affecting, you know, our creativity. I do. I think by cutting back, you know, and that's what, let's be more efficient is, you know, yeah, everyone wants to be more efficient. But if it means cutting back on, on thinking and creativity, which I feel there's a bit of a groundswell for the last, you know, eight to ten years is that's the, I, I hate that word because I know what it means. It means that yeah. let's cut back. And wh- why are you cutting back? I know times are hard, but don't cut back on the things that change us, right? Yeah, so I'm having a, I'm having a gentleman on the show in a week or so called Orlando Wood. He's okay. the chief innovation officer at a company called System One, and nice. they, help, they, help do, they help do uh, TV advertising testing for brands. Wow. So you can, okay. you can put your nice. ads into their software and it will, it will test emotional response. Nice. And he, he's written a book called Lemon. Ooh. And love, why, the, love why, the name already. Yeah, and why, why it's so interesting, Rich, is that his whole thesis is that you know, the last 10, 15 years, we've seen this massive decline in um, uh, uh, creativity yeah. in, in advertising. And he, 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 you know, his idea is that, you know, um, left brain thinking has taken over advertising. Yeah. It's efficiency. It's oh. you know, logic, uh, yeah. analytics. Um, no. it, it, you know, Derek um, Thompson in The Atlantic, he, he had this beautiful article a few years ago called The, the Money Ballification of Everything. And I, I just, <laughs> lo- it's such a beautiful turn of phrase. Oh God, I love that. Um, and, and I re- recommend you go read the book yeah. Lemon because, you know, uh, yeah. Orlando's big, you know, what we need is to return to that right brain. Yeah. 
Brilliant. creative. Yeah, and I think you're, you're totally right that I think um, we are absolutely, I mean, the more and more of these discussions I have, I think there is a, I think we've hit peak I think so because it's, yeah, it's, uh, it hurts when you hear it. I think where I work is great. I mean, it's, it, PR is not known massively for creativity, but it seems to be that something that the, the PR world is embracing and, mm. you know, especially towards earned. Um, which is the hardest form of, of media is, is exactly what we're talking about today is how do you get eyeballs on you, you yeah. know, without, and, and, without paying for the eyeballs, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, we think, I mean, we talk a lot internally that, you know, we talk about this idea of own the moment. I mean, that's yeah. literally the name of this show, which is that, yeah. you know, um, to stand out and cut through is just getting harder and harder, you know, privacy yeah. and death of the third party cookie and, uh, AI driven, um, you know, garbage content. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's just going to get harder. And I yeah. think, you know, re- returning to that, I guess, the craft of, um, of, of cut through that, that we, we think that's where the, the next renaissance is yeah. coming, which I, I think is exciting. I, yeah. Like, yeah. And it, and then it doesn't become about age. It becomes our ideas. And yes, you know, efficiency to me is about, you know, you're right. It's the money ball. A lovely, brilliant. I'll read that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, second last question here. So, you know, conversely, what's the tactic that no one is talking about that we should be talking about? I guess mm. another way to put it is what's an underrated and sort of yeah. underused okay. tactical I think, tool? I don't know if anyone's not talking about it, but something I, I, that I always want to do, but it, it's very hard, um, which I think people are doing, but maybe it's not at all, is about personalized content. Um, hmm. and hmm. I mean like, you know, you know, hyper personalized content. Uh, and I think because that, you know, to make people feel, uh, and, and, and believe something that they may not have or to feel better about what they do say and, and will become is, is not what I've done over the years. Uh, I've worked in, you know, broadsheet um you know to the masses uh you know and i think you know people might say that's why we use influencers and celebrities but mm. again you know that has to be done in a in a very touchy feely way but i think this i i think being able to do very targeted um content to your audience and something we haven't talked about on this but you know when you were talking about the the social is you know there's one thing know who you're talking to <laughs> it's mm. like you know, it, it. You know, when you contacted me, I I had to know who I'm talking to. I needed mm. to know, and I think you're 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 stupid if you don't know who you're talking to. You, it's mm. it's the it's the first thing you should ask. It's well, who am I talking to? <laughs> it's oh. like going into a bank and just talking to someone who sat on a couch. It's like mm. you know, it's like you know, we all have labels for a reason. Is hopefully it's because you can live up to what that label right. is. But you know, being able to target, uh, you know, and I think. I don't know who's doing it really well. Uh, I need to do more research into it or more, look more. But, you know, very targeted content to, to people, to a person, to a group of people that resonates, that resonates with them and their beliefs is something I think will, it is happening. I'm positive it's happening. Mm. I think it costs more. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot more work. People want to talk to the world. Um, brands want to talk to the world. Obviously, they do. But uh, I think Vega, if I pick one brand, and I think 
beauty counter i've got that wrong mm. beauty counter mm. um did that during lockdown you know they did beauty counter very targeted to people who care about where they get their makeup from and, and what it means rather than the big brand you know the big mm. you know all singing dancing brand so i'd say that that's an interesting space i don't really know what to call it but um <laughs> it is you know being it isn't the vice of the world it's it really is very targeted you know in-depth insightful content i think be really interesting yeah, yeah and we talk a lot about because obviously i guess one of the biggest macro trends in like marketing tech or ad yeah. tech is obviously you know google will next yes. year finally kill the third party cookie yeah. and you know we we're investing a lot in our platform which is about helping brands uh, implement first party nice. uh, or even zero party data strategies yeah. and i think and i actually think what's so exciting about that is that i think we can for the first time implement like true personalization i think there's been this idea that we've had Brilliant. through targeting we've had personalization but i think you're right i think we haven't we've had you know um look-alike audiences and yeah. you know group preferences and at least in our very early experiments we're seeing that no you can actually you know if you can if you can get a customer to tell you mm. what they want and think and imagine? feel and <laughs> yeah th then you can truly deliver on that which i think is um yeah um, which is uh, and not which research is twelve people in a room. What do you think of this? It's that to me isn't targeted. It's it's set up. It's manufactured. Right. It's 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 for you to get a result. And hmm. you know what what I'm thinking is when it's parcel or you know hyper targeted, it's 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 not to get a result. It's to get into what people feel <laughs> and mm. want. Is is I'm not saying that's easier. I reckon it's tough. Um, sure. Because, you know, everyone wants the world, you know, no one really wants, you know, one person sat in their house. But to me, that is the next space. Yeah, It is yep. the space. Yeah. Yep. Uh, last question, Rich, who, um, as I'm looking to build this platform mm. and have interesting discussions, who should I have on next? Who, who do you recommend I? Uh, wow. God, talk to so him. many people. Um, person I really like, I've, I've only met him once, but I think he's a really interesting dude. Uh, it's Paul Shearer. I don't know mm. if you've talked to him already. No. Uh, he's the Chief Creative Officer of Global Clients at VML YNR. Uh, mm. Paul Shearer, uh, um, when I was in Dubai for a bit, he, he and I, I know his work from back when he's in the UK, but he's one of those people that, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, I think we're both, you know, on, on the, on the, on the latter, on the on the on the far side of the careers, is he's always had his finger on on the pulse on 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 mm. and the work that he's that that comes out of the teams and and him and is I always find it very insightful and and mm. and broad spectrum brands. I, I think he's an interesting character, yeah, um, and also very nice dude. It's great, yeah. um, Rich. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, take care. And it was lovely to be invited. Lovely to talk to you. Uh, love to do it again sometime. Thanks for listening to the On The Moment podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss upcoming episodes. And to suggest a guest or provide feedback, please visit our dedicated podcast hub at ownthemomentpod.com 